0: Hello, everybody. My name is Joseph Brownlee. Welcome to Connecting the Dots. I want to talk about something I think is very important uh, to my audience and the new listeners that listen to my podcast. I want to talk about the importance of why I do what what I do, how important it is to do what I do, And uh, a lot of you probably wonder, why do I teach the way I teach you? And what do I get my information from? Well, to answer that last question, my information comes first, foremost, from the Word of God. Now, that might sound generic to a lot of you all, uh, but my, my, my perception of the Word of God comes from the Word of God. Now, I have been taught how to dispensationally rightly divide God's word. That was taught to me by man, by dispensational teachers that taught me how to rightly divide God's word. So I went from there and I still learn from others because you can never go beyond of learning from another person, you know, another teacher or a mentor or whatever you want to call them. You know, it's good to have somebody that's can kind of take you by the wing and help you and teach you how to learn a concept or to learn a subject or learn a topic. My story uh that a lot of you probably know about I've been saved over 35 years you know uh, when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior by believing what He done for me on the cross, I always believe He died for my sin, for my sins, and for the world's sins. As that. it was it was a somewhat of a gray area, but my belief in that concept or the way to be saved was never tainted. I always believed that way. I just didn't know as much as I do now how broad and how the true meaning of salvation for today. For a person to be saved today, they must believe that. Now, back even in those 30 years, I, I believed in Jesus being the, who Jesus was. Making Jesus the Lord of my life, Believed Jesus died in my sins. I always be, died for my sins, not in my sins, but died for my sins. I always believed that but for salvation. I did not know that then so therefore i always believed i was always saved by believing in the death burial resurrection of jesus christ but i had it broken down to me thank god uh for, uh by a few teachers you know that really explain dispensationalism cuz i never even heard of dispensationalism and this is true. I never even heard of dispensationalism, because I guess I never even really paid attention to one to that when I read the King James Bible, because that's the only Bible I believe, unless you can uh, prove me wrong, that uses the word dispensation. OK, the other translations, uh, which I still miss, was maybe said secrets or something like that, you know. But my th- my, what I'm trying to say, I never really paid attention to that uh, when I read the Apostle Paul's letters, which King James called the Pistols. But to make it plainly for my listeners and my new listeners, uh, epistles mean letters. When I read the Apostle Paul's th- letters and uh i always been a big fan of the Apostle Paul. Why? Because it was something so different and unique and, uh, and bold about Paul. I didn't know what it was. I'm just being honest with you. I did not know what that was. But I know Jesus used him mightily. I never thought of him over Jesus or anybody else, really, especially Jesus. I never thought him highly over Jesus. I just I, I just always knew that he was a vessel used by Jesus Christ. I, I never wavered from that. So I never had a problem with that. I never put Paul up over Jesus. No, that never even entered my mind at all. You know, so I never had an issue with that. It was just I knew he was used in a unique way, but I just couldn't eh, put the pieces together. I was very ignorant and did not know, you know, but I knew Paul was unique even back years and years ago when I lived in Mobile, Alabama, I knew a, I knew that it was something unique about the Apostle Paul. Okay. Why, why am I going here? Because it's a lot of you all uh, that's in that same situation. And what I am saying is I'm not telling you to worship Paul. Paul is not telling you to worship him. I'm not asking you to only read the letters of Paul, Romans through Philemon. I would never do that because that would be a disgrace, just reading Paul's letters. You must read or make a, you don't need to read the whole Bible all the way through unless you just want to. But you need to understand that the whole Bible, whole, all 66 books, are very important for our walk. In the things of God, okay. So let me get that straight out there, point blank. But what I want you all to understand, and this is one of the uh, the top number one reasons that I uh, I teach the Bible dispensationally and uh, and and rightly divided, is even though the whole all sixty six of the Bible is for us a believer, for us. And I say, uh, but the whole, all 66 books of the Bible, it's not to us. And the reason I say that is that's when dispensations come in. Now, you're not going to see the word dispensation even if you are a, a King James Bible reader. You're not going to see that word dispensation nowhere else in the Bible, only in Paul's letters. Okay, let me say that again. You're not going to see that word, King James-wise, the word dispensation in your King James Bible. For my King James listeners and King James-only readers, you know, you have those listening too. And your Bible, you're going to only find it in the letters of Paul when he uses the word dispensation. Dispensation means a administration. It means a management. It means a program. Let me put it in my type of uh, vernacular. It means a program that God is using a certain individual for. It's a program. It's like an administration. It's a program where God has called someone to do a specific duty or a specific job or something like that or a specific thing that he wants them to do. You know, he dispenses it out that way to certain ones now for example Moses had a duty that God had him to do which was the law that's a dispensation even though it was not used in that way but that's still excuse me, Moses still was used in the way that was unique why? because he was the only one that the law was given to to spread out okay Moses was given the law. He had help laid on down the law, but the law was specifically given to Moses. So Moses is unique in that way. Okay. That dispensation. Let's go to, uh, let's say for instance, John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus. He had a certain message to preach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. No one before that was preaching that or teaching that but John the Baptist. Okay, God used him to open the doors for the kingdom message. Okay, about the kingdom of heaven was at hand. He was preparing the way, which was prophesied by the book of Isaiah that this person will be doing this, but that still doesn't uh, that that still does not take away that God used John the Baptist to preach that Certain message of the kingdom of repent, which change your mind. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Another dispensation you can use was Noah. God used Noah to build the ark. You know, he used Noah, you know, to go out and, and, and preach to the pe- uh, people and try to get them ready. But even though th- at that time they didn't even listen then when the earth the earth was destroyed the first time, God used Noah. That was another type of uh, dispensation, another type of ministration. So it's different characters. And I'm just talking about uh, what I'm speaking about is the main characters that stand out. There's many prophets done many things. But even if you go to small you go through the judges, Gideon, Samson, you know, uh, many of the judges. God used them for Israel in a different type of way. They like, they brought down kings, they brought down, you know, different type of heathen, Gentiles, whatever, like they, God used them in a different type of way. My point is, God used different figures in the Bibles and for in a way that he have never used. For everybody at the same time. In other words, he used different ways to get his message across when it came to salvation or, break, you know, or, or breakthroughs or miracles or signs and wonders. He used different people in different ways. So my point is, the two that really stands out to me is Moses and Paul. Moses was used to bring out the law, to teach the law, to who? the chosen people. Who's the chosen people? Israel. Moses was the one that God brought the law to. He the one went face to face with God. He the one went up to the mountains. He the one pleaded for Israel. And it wasn't all beautiful and pretty and roses roses with Moses all the time either. But he still was called in that administration, in that dispensation to bring the law. That's why the Bible says the law came through Moses. And it didn't say the Jews. It just said the law came through Moses, and Moses taught it and brung the message to the Jews that it was the hand of God that wrote the Ten Commandments. It was the hand of God that done all that, but it, he was given to Moses to distribute it. That's the word I'm trying to use, to the Jews, to Israel. So he was used for that particular time, that dispensation, Okay. You also. You, OK, so when you have the dispensation of the kingdom program, the church in the wilderness, the law, you know, they had to go through the law and everything like that, that dispensation, you know, uh, some of them wandered in the wilderness for over 40 years. And what I heard, they said it should have took them at least about 11 days. I don't have no proof of that, but uh, they, they assume that they, they come with it should have took them about 11 days. To get through that wilderness, but because of their disobedience and their stubbornness, it took over forty years. In other words, they was out in the wilderness for a while. And when Stephen got stoned and he made that long sermon, sermon in Acts seven, he called that he called the people of Israel dead in the wilderness a church in the wilderness. Now remember the word church in the Greek mean ecclesia. And when you break Ecclesia down in the Greek, it means assembly, just a group of people just agreeing together assembly. So there's many terms of church in the Bible. The church in the wilderness was just like it was. There was a Israel was in the wilderness. No Gentiles. It was talking about Israel in the wilderness. Okay. so you got to understand the definition of church. But there also was another assembly or another Ecclesia or another group. When Jesus asked him and Peter in the book of Matthew, who do people, who do they say that I am? Israel, who do they say that I am? And Peter find, they was naming Elijah and different people. And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus told Peter, son Jonas, son Peter, son of by Jonah, you are truthful in that. Now, I'm putting it in a layman's turn. In other words, Peter was correct. Jesus is the Son of God because they had to believe Jesus was the Son of God. They had to believe that he was a Messiah. So there was proof that Peter hit the head right on the nail. He already believed that Jesus was the Son of God. But what did Jesus say after that? He said, Simon Barjona on this rock. Now, Peter is not the rock. Some churches... And I used to believe that Peter was the rock and you know, all uh, the Pope stuff. No, he would But Peter was called the little rock. But in this particular context, Jesus was saying on this rock. In other words, Peter, what you have just said on that foundation of what you just said, I will build my ecclesia. I will build my church. See, that's not the same church in the wilderness, the same group in the wilderness. That's the kingdom church. What Jesus was talking about. I will build my church. See, on this rock, I will build my church. On what you just said, I will build my church. The ones following me will believe in the Messiah that I am the son of God, the son of the living God. I will build my church on what you just said, Peter. That's a dispensation of the kingdom. And that took place in the four gospels all the way up to early Acts, just say Acts 9, up to Acts 9 before the conversion of Paul. See, that's another, somewhat you say, a dispensation or some type of ministration. So, when Jesus built His church, that's the Kingdom Church. Now, you have another church. And what church is that? You probably figured out. You have church, the church, the body of Christ. Okay, the church, the body of Christ. The body of Christ. So that's another church. In other words, church, ecclesia, assembly, they all go together. It's not so much, don't put so much emphasis on the church. That's why we get wore down and we get out confused when we talk about church. The first thing people think about when they think about church, they think about the church building and everything like that. And I understand we all believe that. But the church is just a group of assembly, ecclesia, a group of people assembly together. So when you miss, when you hear the word church in the Bible, you got to know what church the Bible is talking about, the church in the wilderness, the kingdom church, or the body of Christ. Three different churches, three different assemblies, three different dispensations, okay? Now, my point is why I'm going here. It took me a lot to learn that. I had to be taught that. So, it took me a lot to learn that, okay, about the the dispensations and the programs and the administration and the way uh, God used different figures in the Bible for his purpose, Okay? Now, where I'm going with this, the uniqueness of the Apostle Paul is uh, is the same as the uniqueness as Moses. When Paul called, I mean, when God called out Moses, I mean, Paul, I'm getting confused now. When God called out Saul, Saul of Tarsus, Saul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was very worded and learned in the law. So he was part of that program that was trying to take down Jesus cuz he didn't he didn't believe Jesus was the son of God. He didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah. But he he done he done all his persecuting out of ignorance. He just did not know. So when he persecuted Jesus, when he persecuted, excuse me, the Jews, he didn't know he was persecuting Jesus because what they was out there was doing, they was doing, they was teaching the kingdom message. How to be saved how to be saved through the kingdom, how to be get yourself prepared for the kingdom, which is believe Jesus is the son of God, repent, change your mind, be water baptized for the remission of your sins, and then you will be filled with the Holy Ghost which they was already filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why they was doing those miraculous signs and wonders, et cetera, et cetera, like that. Okay, Paul did not know that, well, he was Saul then. He did not know that when he was persecuting us. So He thought he was doing the right thing until Jesus had to put him in check. And told him, "When you persecute them, you persecuting me. You kick. It's like you kicking a go up against a prick. A prick is like a sharp point or a sharp edge. It's real sharp. It's like a point. So just imagine kicking up against a point. You hurting your own self. In other words, so that's what Jesus was getting straight with Paul. So anyway, make a uh, a long introduction short, and you know I have a hard time doing that. Paul's administration." Dispensation started in Acts 9, but everything didn't start because he had to go to the Jews first and he had to, you know. Go to them and, uh, and, and, and teach uh, the kingdom program do them believing that Jesus is the son of God and who Jesus was. OK, so Paul started out that way, going into the temples and going into the, uh, the temple where the Jews was teaching. Before he even went out there to the Gentiles, he went to the Jews first. He'd done that several times because he really loved and cared, cared about this, his people. He talks about that, I think, Acts 9 and Acts 10. He really cared about his people okay, so that's that's very important to understand and a very important to know that Paul had a deep love for his Jewish people. he had a deep love for Israel, so he wanted to get them saved. his desire, I think was in what's that Romans ten for his people, which is Israel to be saved. it hurt him that israel program was going to be postponed because of their unbelief of not believing who Jesus was or accepting Jesus as their Messiah, their promised Messiah or their King. OK, now you need to know that first the love Paul had for Israel, his own people. Now, what I want to get to in this this short um, teaching that I want to do. The Apostle Paul is unique in a way because he has a certain message that does not evolve only around Israel. Let me say that again. Paul is the only one in the Bible that has a message that does not only involve around Israel, the Jews. Every other prophet, every other figure in the Bible was involved or was pertained to Israel, okay? Everything was about Israel. I say 95% of the Bible was about Israel. You know, I might be going a little further, but I believe so because Paul wrote wrote 13 letters. So what makes the, the Apostle Paul unique? And I'm going to read some scriptures and I'm going to go for there. What makes the Apostle Paul unique is that he is the only person in the Bible. He's a Jew. You know, he had Roman citizenship, you know, so he knew the concepts of Jew and Gentiles. His name was Saul, his Jewish name, and Paul is his Roman name, you know. But his unique ministry was a secret. His unique ministry was to a nation that was called heathens, that was called pagans, gentiles was known as heathens they was known as pagans they done some very wicked evil stuff they worship all kind of gods and all kind of wicked stuff this also shows the powerful uh unmerited favor love of god towards a wicked nation like the gentiles the pagans the heathens paul The one that persecuted his own people, the one that persecuted the kingdom church out of ignorance because he didn't know what he was doing. You know, he persecuted his own church. He had some of them killed, women and men, the Bible says, had some put in prison and some killed. He had to suffer very, very viciously and painfully also, you know, because of what he done. So that's another story in itself, okay? So Paul is unique because, like, uh, let me digress. He's the first one and the only one in the Bible as a Jew to go out and preach salvation to the Gentiles. Now, you might say, what about Noah and all that? Noah was not a Jew. So, okay, there was no Jews then. The Jews was not created yet. So Noah, no, Noah was a Gentile before they even was called Gentiles. Noah was a Gentile. He preached to his own people, but there was no Jews back then. The Jewish nation came through Abraham, starting in Genesis 12. So Noah was not the first. Paul was an actual Jew, Jew out of the tribe of Benjamin. So you can't put Noah there, nobody else there that went out and preached to the Gentiles. Like Paul was called to do that. So Paul was called to go out to the heathen, pagan nation, the Gentiles. Now, a lot of you probably never paid no attention to that or or attention to that, or you never even knew nothing about that. See, I had to be taught this, you know, and when you are taught these things, you got to believe it. you got to take God's word literally because it always been there in the Bible. But what happened? Tradition got in my way. Denominational tradition got in my way and I could not see it because I was always taught a traditional way of the bible so i could not see it but it always has been there that's the master plan and a master trick of satan he blinds a lot of us of of what god's word is really saying so we believe the pastors and i'm not knocking pastors we believe our teachers and i'm not not knocking not the teachers we need those they are used by god we believe they traditional teachers why because they was taught traditionally the same way most of them Okay, so what they was taught, they taught us the same way. So we cannot see that truth. I cannot see that truth. Let me speak for myself because of traditional teaching, religious teaching, denominational teaching. The reason I say it that way, because I went to several churches and they all have their unique way to them of teaching you what the word of God was saying. And most of it is tradition. Because I didn't learn what I learned over 30-something years out of the Bible because I read it out of the Bible. And the Bible said that the major, majority of my belief was I was taught. That's what the Bible said. I followed a tradition. Therefore, I was religious. I got caught up in traditions. I got caught up in denomination, denominationalism. I got caught up in all of that. OK, so I could not see that there, but it always had it, it was always there in the Bible. Then you had all these different type of translations and, you know, all these different type of things coming out and all these different type of commentaries that made it even wor- worse. And I'm not knocking commentaries or every translation like uh, 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 don't, don't I just want y'all to hear my heart, to hear my heart, because I used to be just like you all. I was a traditional, excuse my sinus, I know those sounds gross. I was a traditional denominational Bible believer. I always believed Jesus died for my sins and rose again, no doubt. But I didn't put put the two and two together that that was the only way to be saved today by believing that. So thank God I always believed that. Okay, so let me go round about why I'm going this way. Why I am going this way. Let me get to walk around. The Apostle Paul has been misunderstood for years by many churches, from what I heard. Many sects, many cults, many faiths don't deal with Apostle Paul. They don't like the readings of the Apostle Paul. And if you Study a lot of the ones that has a problem and an issue with the readings of the Apostle Paul when it comes to certain doctrines, when it comes to certain teachers, and you might be one of them that's listening to me. It's because of tradition. And then all traditions become comes out of somebody's denomination on teaching, but their creed, their statement of faith. Most churches have a statement of faith, what they believe in. Did you know that? If you want to know your statement of faith or what your church or your denomination, if you are in a denomination or you are in an independent or whatever you call church building, read their statement of faith. All of them has a statement of faith, what they believe in. And they really expect you to follow that same statement and faith. And some of them don't like you to question their statement of faith. You know, so mo- uh, most denominations has a statement of faith of what they believe in, just like a, some, a lot of cults. And I'm not saying denominations are cults. I'm not saying that. You know, some of them act like cults, but I'm not I'm not saying that. But I'm just using uh, different type of churches because you have a cult church. You have a faith church because church just means the Ecclesia, just a gathering of people together, believing in uh, the same thing. So you got to look at it that way. All right. All right. Paul gets a bad stick more than any other, I believe, figure or person in the Bible besides Jesus. Hmm. The Apostle Paul. A lot of the the prophets and apostles, especially Peter and maybe John get more props than Paul. Now, listen closely to what I'm saying. Why do people ignore the teachings of Paul as a real authoritative word of God? Less. They they, 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 they don't give much respect, a lot of faiths in the teachings of Paul than they do the four Gospels, the teachings of Peter, John, or whatever like that. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying everybody. I'm not saying every believer, but that is true. That people just disrespect the teachings of Paul. That's nothing new because that happened with Paul when he even back in his day. They lied and said he said this. They said he was teaching that you can live any type of way. All you got to do is get saved and believe Jesus, and you can live any type of way. They lied on Paul, and Paul always had to always had to stand up for his apostleship. He always had to prove to them that God used him. He is a true apostle of Paul. I mean, apostle of God. He always had to prove that because why people did not accept him and one of the reasons and one of the main reasons was his doctrine yes he was aggressive he was he was bold but his doctrine didn't line up with the jewish doctrine it it was it, it wasn't that he was against it or he denied it it was just he was stepping on toes telling them that the law is not to be used no more or postpone let me put it that way that you don't get saved by obeying the law. You don't have to be circumcised, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, like that. When you are a strict Jew, Israel, and you follow and obey the law, the Ten Commandments and all the the other 603 laws that you have to follow and you have to obey, that's like spitting in your face. That sounds like blasphemy, man. Who this guy think he is telling us we don't have to obey the law? Then they start lying on him, they start saying this. So Paul always had a bad rap, even when he was ministering. He got beat several times, 39 times minus one. That means he got, I think, five times he got whipped and beat by his own people that he loved, Israel, Jews. Because they didn't like his resurrection message. They didn't like his grace message. They didn't want to hear nothing about that. They were strictly for the law. A lot of them done it out of ignorance. A lot of them just done it because they were just hateful. But anyway, Paul got a real bum rap. And he still today gets a bum rap. Okay? The Apostle Paul. But Jesus told him in advance, you shall suffer for me. Jesus already told Paul, you're going to suffer for me. And Paul really suffered. He probably got beat Peter and them never got beat that bad now I ain't talking about when they got murdered Peter and John they say John got boiled in hot water and hot something you know stuff like that's terrible but I'm talking about through his what he was preaching and teaching Peter and them got persecuted for different reasons see but remember Peter and them did not get persecuted because they did not believe in the law they taught the law they preached the law they preached the kingdom. See, Paul got persecuted by Israel because he didn't preach the law. He did not preach the kingdom. Because God revealed to him that the kingdom was going to be postponed, postponed because of the unbelief of his own people. God told Paul that. That's why Paul's messages are called Mysteries. King James used mystery. And a lot of us ignore that mystery that reads the Bible, King James. And we have another translation that's going to say secret. That's the problem with other translations. It's good to read over that. But just imagine reading over all that and missing and not even grasping that Paul's message is not the same as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John's message. Not. It's even different than Jesus' earthly ministry. And when you hear me and other people say that, the first thing that people say, Who, what are you trying to say? Paul is better than Jesus? We should follow Paul over Jesus? You're missing the point. Because what Paul is teaching is from Jesus. For us today, us as in Gentiles. So let me make something plain here. Let me make something plain here. When Paul says, my gospel, and a lot of his uh, letters, he says, my gospel. The reason he says my gospel, not to be bragging or bodacious. He says that because his gospel is unique. His gospel is not the same as the kingdom gospel. His gospel that was given to him by Jesus, the same Jesus that you all, you all were saying that, you know, we're looking over Paul, we're we, we lifting up Paul over Jesus. No, the same Jesus That taught the kingdom message is the same Jesus that teaches the grace message through Paul. The same Jesus, listen closely, that told Peter and them to go out and do the great commission, preaching what? The kingdom of heaven his hand. Repent. That same Jesus is the same Jesus that told Paul to go out there and preach his resurrection and his grace. The same Jesus that told them they had to believe that he was God, the son of God, and believe that he was the Messiah for salvation. It's the same Jesus that told Paul, they go teach the Gentiles that they had to believe of what he done on the cross, his death, burial and resurrection. You you follow what I'm saying now? You, You get what I'm saying? That's why that's what rightly dividing come in. The beauty of rightly dividing. And the only way you can see this is when you learn how to rightly divide God's word. Then 2 Timothy 2.15 opens up. Study to show thyself approved. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word God of truth that comes to life then you can understand it because it's more than just that one verse you can't well one verse and go and use it as doctrine you got to read first and second timothy to get the feel don't go back at one verse because you, you you can always debunk it so just read first and second timothy you know seriously read first and second timothy you will get some type of meat out of why paul told timothy to do that okay All right. The uniqueness of Paul. Paul started out with the gift of signs and wonders and miracles in early Acts. But it faded away after a while. Why? Because it was a transitional period. That's why the the book of Acts is very important to study more than read it, because it's not a doctrinal book. It's a transitional book from going from Israel to the Gentiles. Just say the world, Israel to the world. Because when you read the book of Acts, the explanation of the missionary journeys that Apostle Paul went on can only be explained and manifested in his letters, his 13 letters, Romans through Philemon. Okay, so let me go back. Let me go back a little bit. Jesus used Paul to go out to the Gentiles with a better gospel. And he talks about this in the book of Romans. This is one of the mysteries. I Paul has about seven or eight different type of mysteries. Why is it a mystery? Because it was never told nowhere else in the Bible, only through the letters of Paul. So you, you, you will only find these hidden wisdoms and mysteries and secrets in the letters of Paul. That's why Paul's letters are so unique and different. And they in your face type, because if you are a Matthew, Mark, Luke and John only Bible reader and teacher for salvation and you don't read a lot of uh, Paul's letters, you're going to see somewhat of a contradictions. But they are good contradictions. You're not going to find out why they contradict themselves. You're going to look over it or you're going to let somebody talk you into that Paul don't belong in the Bible or he's not teaching the same type. of Yeah, they are correct. He's not teaching the same gospel. No, he's not. The gospel that's to us, the Gentiles today, is not the same gospel that was for Israel. Let me say that again. The gospel that Jesus told Paul to teach to the Gentiles, which is us today, is not the same gospel that Jesus told Peter and the other apostles to preach to the Jews. Okay, and if you listen to my teaching and others that I have on my program, you ought to know that by now, but it's still going to take your belief. It's, it's just going to take your belief and get and you have to learn to get your traditional ways out of the way because if you your religious and your tradition will blind you from learning this truth when it's right there. It's a tough cookie. It's a tough pill to swallow when you've been caught up in tradition and religion for so long. And the majority of the time it's not your fault. It's not my fault. We were just taught that way. Wow. So the uniqueness of Paul, of what the suffering he went through for the gospel from Jews and Gentiles. And that's amazing because, remember, Paul was a Jew, but he had a Gentile Roman citizen. He was a Roman citizen, so he was like Jew and Gentile, not mixed in blood. But he had a Roman citizenship. He had the citizenship as a Roman. But he was born a Jew. Let me say that again. He had a Roman citizenship, which is a Gentile, but he was a Jew. Maybe he was born in Rome and got a Roman citizenship, but he was a Jew. That's why he had the two names Saul, his Jewish name, and Paul, his Roman name. It's amazing because when he was persecuting the kingdom church and he was one of the top Pharisees, that means he knew the law. He was called Saul. He was a Jew. But when he transitioned over to the Gentiles, he his name also transferred and they start calling him paul okay uniqueness that's why i said that's the uniqueness of the apostle paul that's the uniqueness of him so to put it plainly when you read matthew mark luke and john remember you're reading jesus earthly ministry when he was on earth and according to Romans 15 and 8, he only came for Israel. So Jesus' earthly ministry was for the Jews, to save the Jews, to get the Jews cleansed, to get them together. They had to become priests. He had to get them perfected in the law because there was a lot of Pharisees and a lot of sick traditions that was messing up the law, man-made traditions. God hate man-made traditions. A lot of denominations has man-made traditions. I'm not saying all of them bad and evil, but don't let the traditions take over sound doctrine. Don't let your experience of what how God helped you and brought you through this, don't let your experience take over God's sound doctrine, which is another danger. Okay. So when Jesus stepped on the earth, when he was in that manger and the different magi's came and they worshiped him and blah, 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 with the frankincense and the myrrh, et cetera. And all look at it as a Jewish hope. It wasn't a Gentile hope. It was a Jewish hope of their prophesied Messiah that was prophesied back from the old prophets. They was looking for their king to take over. They was looking for their king to get them out of the mess of the the different nations, the the Gentile nations. They was called uh, Hittites and, you know, Midianites. They was called all kind of names then, but they was all Gentiles. Philistines, all of them was Gentiles, wicked nations. They was gonna get saved from Rome and all that stuff. They was looking for their Messiah. They was looking for their king, okay? So that's what Jesus came into the world to save the world. But that was kind of hidden. That was kind of in the glow. So when you read John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Remember, believeth in him. Believe who he was. They had to believe who he was. They had to believe that Jesus was their prophesied or foretold king and messiah. So, this is our Israel, a Jewish program. The covenants, the promises, and all that is a Jewish program. Was not a Gentile, never was. The Gentile nations. Now, I'm a Gentile, and anybody that lives in other countries are Gentiles. So, if it wasn't for the unbelief of the Jews and their program get postponed, I hate to think about that. God would have made a way, I have no doubt for us to get saved, period. But just look at the beauty that happened because of their disobedience, because of the fall of Israel, the temporary fall of Israel. There's no replacement Israel. There's no replacement theology or nothing like that. We're not the spiritual Israel. The old covenant and the new covenant is Israel. Uh, That's another teaching. But the old covenant and the new covenant is Israel. It's not the body of Christ. Once we understand that, that the body of Christ is the new creature. The body of Christ is not born again. Israel is born again. Israel is God's first son. Jesus is God's begotten. Translations, many translations change that begotten to God's firstborn. Nope, that's not true. Jesus is not God's firstborn. Jesus always been. He's begotten. He fulfilled what God wanted him to do, so he became the begotten son. The Bible talks about in the book of Isaiah and other books that Israel is God's son. God said, Israel is my firstborn. So that contradicts Jesus being his firstborn. Many translations get that begotten confused with firstborn. No, Jesus is begotten son. King James Version. Jesus is not the firstborn. Okay, I know you probably get confused and you probably never heard this before, but all this leads up to this. When you learn how to rightly divide God's Word, like I'm doing, and I'm still learning, and learn how to connect the dots, like I'm doing, and I'm and I'm still learning, the Bible will come to life. I always use the term red pill, pill like the Matrix. The Bible will come to life. You say, oh, wow, oh, really? Because all that false tradition and religious teaching. You have to unlearn it. <laughs> you have to unlearn, and that's going to be hard. And a lot of you are not going to give it up. You're not going to give it up. You're not. You love your tradition over the true meaning of God's word, and you don't even do that purposely. It's like a brainwashing. So you learning how to unlearn, uh, um, volunteering, and purposely unlearning something you've been doing for years is not easy. Unless you really searching, you got to really want to know the truth of God. So if you caught up in a lot of signs and miracles and speaking in tongues and all the other traditional, you know ways that you know even some man made traditions, you're going to hard. This is going to be a hard pill for you to swallow. It's going to be a hard pill for you to swallow because you know a lot of things in your life. It's not happening. You haven't been healed. I ain't talking about somebody else's testimony. I'm talking about your own. You haven't been healed. You still suffer. You still get sick. And you haven't been healed. No matter how many times you pray and whatever, you haven't been healed. Now, I'm not saying nobody, God, never healed nobody today. But the majority of the people has not been healed. And they mad or they upset or they say they don't have enough faith. A lot of that stuff comes from traditional teaching denominational religions told them that you don't have enough faith. That's why you're not doing it. You don't have enough faith. That's why you don't speak in tongues. You don't have enough. You don't pay your tasks or you miss your tasks. All this stuff is traditional religious jargon that's messing a lot of God's people up. Okay, let me digress because I'm going to get into that one day. Let me digress. The body of Christ it's not the kingdom of heaven. The body of Christ is not Old Testament Israel. The body of Christ is not the uh, the church in the wilderness. The body of Christ will not be in the tribulation period. The body of Christ will not be there when the second coming of Christ is not coming back with Jesus. Like contrary to what a lot of denominations believe that the saints will not be coming back with Jesus. Those are going to be angels. The Bible specifically said the angels. You know, they look at saints and they think it's us coming back. No, the body of Christ is not coming back with Jesus when he, when he do his purging. Those will be angels that's built for that. They don't want to know how to fight. They don't, they don't want to know how to do that. Angels have been doing that for years. They, angels back in the past, they wiped out nations. they done all that. they used to fighting. God is not going to come back with us to fight for them. No, he's coming back with his angels. That's the second coming. When the Bible talks about he's going to come back with his saints, he's going to come back with people. He's coming back with his angels, not the body of Christ. That's another false teaching. A meant well teaching, but it's not real, okay? Paul is the only one who teaches on the rapture. OK, Paul teaches on the son of perdition. Paul's the only one teaches about the body of Christ. Paul's the only one teaches about oneness of Christ. If you take out all the teachers of Paul, you wouldn't have the salvation message in there for today. You say that again. If you took away all 13... 13- Paul's 13 letters. You will not have the salvation message in there today. I was going to read some scriptures, but I got the overplay my card. So maybe another time I was going to read Ephesians too. And I was going to talk about the Gentiles. Matter of fact, let me, let me go there because the Gentiles uh, let me just go there. And uh, i got about six more minutes. All right. Let's go. I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna try to hit it both from the King Jimmy and the Levin Bible. Let's read the King James, my favorite. This is how we used to be Gentiles. Excuse me. When Paul mentions ye, listen to the pronoun. When he mentions ye, he talked about Gentiles, period, from his day and in the future because he knew he was gonna read this. But he's talking to the body of Christ, the believers, that used to be. He's explaining to them how they used to be and how we used to be. We wasn't there, but you understand what I'm saying. Okay. 11. Wherefore, well, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called on circumcision by that which is called the circumcision and the flesh made by hands. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the Commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise. Now this that's self-explanatory. Verse 12, Ephesians 2. That at that time you were without Christ, Gentiles were without Christ, men you was without Christ, being aliens from the Commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise. That means we was not under no covenants having no hope in what's got with God in the world. God gave the Gentiles a chance in the days of Noah, but they blew it. Okay. 13, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far away, Gentiles are made near by the blood of Christ. You can only hear this through the teachings of Paul. Five minutes. So he is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Okay, let's go to the Living Bible once more uh, for plainer. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Gentiles, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Verse Verse 3, all of us used to live that way, all of us as in Jews and Gentiles. Paul is saying, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. And when he raised Christ from the dead, it is only by God's grace that you were saved. So I went a little further, but this is what happened paul is the only one explaining what happened on the other side of the cross the apostles talked about jesus being who he was and what happened on the cross paul explains what happened on the other side of the cross paul's the only one explains and teaches salvation how to be saved today you can't go back and be saved on jesus earthly ministry you can only be saved in Jesus' heavenly ministry through the Apostle Paul. Paul is the only one that teaches salvation for the church today, the body of christ get that in your head i'm gonna do some more explaining and teaching on that in another subject but also before i go get that in your heads and get in your heart i'm doing a teaching on the comparisons between peter james and john and the apostle paul and i'm going to finish up on that with uh first john that i'm reading that but i wanted to read it read it in now but i wanted to give you a taste and i don't care how many times i have to go through this because i know i get new listeners. To understand what it means to rightly divide God's word. It's very important for you to know the difference between the ministry of the kingdom of heaven, the apostles, the 12 apostles, and the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Grace and law must be separated. It must not be together. Salvation is not the same when it comes to the kingdom program, the four gospels. You cannot get saved Reading the four gospel for salvation in John three sixteen, You can only get saved through the teachings of the Apostle Paul of what Jesus done on the cross. OK, that's the gospel only for the day. First Corinthians 15, one to four. Until next time, this is Joseph Brownlee with a teaching Bible teaching for my connecting the dot listeners. OK, God bless you. I love you, y'all. Peace out. Joseph Brownlee connecting the dots. I hope you got something out of this. Listen to this over and over, OK, over and over. And I'm going to come with some more Bible teaching with some scriptures and verses to back me up because I don't want you to just think it's me. OK, what I talk about, the Bible can back it up and I'm going to come with some scriptures on my last, my next hour teaching on the history on the history of the Apostle Paul and why the Apostle Paul is unique and why I use his name so much. God bless you all. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about salvation. You must be saved by believing what Jesus done, his death, burial, resurrection. Okay. What he done. Okay. God bless y'all. Peace out. Love y'all. Bye-bye. Until next time.